What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to Golf 2022, baby. Let's do it. Oh, we are in the fall swing. We are the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Gosh, it was like three weeks, and it was weird, and I got COVID. But like, we're back, and we're in the we're in the groove. We're it was back only one golf. week. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> it, it, it felt like about twelve, to be honest. I I didn't re- think about it like this, but I really missed golf for those like one to two weeks. Like being the degenerate gambler that I am in terms of golf, this was a uh, this was a tough couple weeks to not have anything. Jack, what are your thoughts? Welcome back. Welcome back. 2022, 2023, starting off with the ESPN notifications. We love to see it. We're professional around here. Um, lots of it's stuff happening. It's football happened. season, all right? I got to keep the track on it. We're dedication. We were recording this during Monday Night Football, so that just shows you where our priorities are. But um, ever since the last time we talked, which is two weeks ago, we're talking about some live, obviously – all those predictions that apparently we heard kind of went to crap and everything we thought was definitive turned out to be false. It went for a loop. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that before we jump into the PGA tour season. I, I spent two weeks telling everybody that was on this podcast that was listening to bet the Americans. If you thought they were going to win before anybody else relegated to live or moved to live or however you want to word it, switched tours. Yeah. And within a day or two of putting out our last episode, they had to pull off all of the betting odds for the President's Cup because of all the guys that were going to play on the European team that moved to live. Mm -hmm. So I hope that you listen to us and you put your bet in on the Americans if you wanted to bet them in the President's Cup. Because because... when we recorded, it was minus 300. Now it is minus 650 on some platforms. Yes. So it is, uh, it is definitely changed and that is due to Cam Smith and some of the other guys that were going to play on the European team, not going to live and being ineligible to play. So I hope you listened. Sometimes we know what we're doing here. So we're not always, uh, we're not always trying to just give you the wrong idea. Yeah. And then uh, last thing about live is, you know, traditionally we don't cover it uh, just because we're mostly PGA tour. Cause that's what's accessible and enjoyable to us. It is in our home state. Um, right around where we grew up this year. It's a shame that I won't be able to attend just because of scheduling, but um, it'll be cool to go out there. It's at Rich Harvest Farms, right? Yeah, Rich Harvest yeah, Farms. Which is crazy because they held a national championship there where I was at a few years ago. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a nice course, but it's just it's it's weird to me to think that there's, there's a tournament that's going to be played in, in Illinois that is not A, the John Deere, or B, like a BMW at Olympia yeah. Fields. Um, it's a little strange. It hasn't fully caught in, clicked in my mind yet, but it, it, it is the way it is. Um, Jack, before we get into this week in this tournament in particular, I guess we'll go over some housekeeping things. Are there any big changes that we're making in terms of how you want to run the podcast this year that we should tell the viewers? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a lot of the time, especially the last couple episodes, we really were like, yeah, we're around 42, 43 units up. We're going to keep a hard statistic going forward for each and every week so you guys have a better breakdown. In terms of DFS, there's not really a statistic to gauge whether this lineup won this percentage because you might have entered it into a $10 contest. We might have entered it into a $10 contest, and you might have won in that one and lost in another. So we're going to put out with DFS lineups, this lineup won for us or it lost for us. That's the easiest way you can go about it just because the return on investments kind of screw it up. And then last little thing, 
before I turn it over is we are going to limit our winner's pick per person to three a year. Um, just so I, you know, especially me, don't go Scotty, 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 Roy, Roy, Roy. It's just going to be a little more spread out. Liam's going to do his best to try and limit it to one time use, but I, it's going to be really tough to always keep track of that. So just know that it, it, it will get switched up every week. We understand that a lot of people that play in PGA tournaments like to do one and dones. So these winners picks can sometimes be useful if you want to use them in a one and done style tournament. Um, so I, I like to think in that mindset just because it changes. The other nice part about the DFS is that last year, I not to toot my own horn, but I like to think I was pretty good at it for most of the season. I never really got that metric in terms of just how much I was taking in in terms of return on investment. I knew I did because I was pulling money out every like four to six weeks uh, in terms of my winnings, but there was no easy way to constitute it. So now Jack and I have this metric so that way we can keep a little better of an eye on it. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say about the winners is if you ever play PGA Tour Fantasy, you get three winners pick a year. So you could use Roy McIlroy three times a year. That's kind of the model we based it off of. Obviously, it's not going to be anything hard. Like if we get to the Masters and we pick Roy McIlroy three times, that's the, it's going to be a guy that's like that. But we're going to try and limit it and keep it as hard as possible. Yeah, there, there might be times where we'll sit there and we'll be like, hey, normally we'd take this guy, but we've already used him a lot. So mm-hmm. this time we're going to take the gala i don't know somebody different the point the point the point being is we'll switch it up all right jack are we ready to get into our first tournament of the year yes all right let's do it we are headed to the Fortnite championship in napa california we're going to wine country baby it's gonna be great this is a par 72 totaling 7150 yards last year's winner was max homa uh, when searching for a metric to look for at the Fortnet, you want to look for strokes gained approach and strokes gained off the tee or strokes gained driving distance. I like to think those are kind of not too far apart. Uh, the driving distance and the strokes gained off the tee are nice. The past five winners have all averaged at least 310 yards off of the tee. So the last five winners have all had good distance. That does include, by the way, or actually six years ago, it was Stuart Sink. So he's, No, 2020 he's it was Stuart Sink. Was that 2020? Yeah. No, listen, when you get into these dried greens and dried fairways in California, balls flying a touch farther, rolling a little bit farther, um, Stuart Sink was getting up there, and he, he won in 2020. So don't Jeez. sleep on my boy. All right. Well, Stuart Sink's out here driving the ball 310 plus. So let's, you know, let's go for it. Um, I looked at all of the players in the field. The top five players overall in strokes gained throughout this course are Ches Reedy, Brennan Steele, Kevin Streelman, Patrick Rogers, and Chesson Hadley. Uh, that is not saying that those five guys are instantaneously going into your lineup. That just means these guys have played well here in the past. Uh, one last thing. There are a lot of short par fours on this course being between 400 and 450 yards. So a lot of the guys in this field are going to have wedge shots between 75 and a buck 25. So you want to be able to go from that distance and put a ball to five feet pretty consistently in order to do really well this week. Dustin Johnson, when he won the masters that year would have dominated this course. That's one of the guys that I would love to see play. Yes. So those are some of my big stat lines to look for. Uh, this week outside of that are we are we just going right into the right into the range we're going what 10k 10k and 9k how do we want to start this i think you gotta go 
10 and 9 just because there's not a lot of names, but we can do whatever. All right. Well, let, actually, no. Let's just go. Let's just go 10. Let's just talk top four guys. Done. This is Sahith excuse me, Sahith Tagala at 10,000, all the way to Hideki at 10.7. Take it away. Uh, I'm going to start off with Corey Connors. Corey Connors is a big favorite of mine this week. He's fifth in strokes gained off the tee last year on tour. He's 16th in strokes gained approach. He's been top 30 here two times previously. He was 30th in 2017 and 13th in 2019. He's getting ready for the President's Cup next week. So any guy that's playing the President's Cup last week, I know is on top of their game because they need to be in order for next week. So Corey Connors is the first guy that sticks out on that. Max Homa won it last year, so he's going to be good. He's going to be popular. I think he's kind of a consistency mark. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama scares me because of injury concerns and how he finished the season last year. So I would not be afraid to fade him. And, and Thagala, I think, is going to be a steady choice. Uh, he's kind of part of this big group on the field that I think is going to be a big sophomore bump up. That's really what I'm kind of looking for. Um, I think consistency wise, he's a little scary to finish the season, but I definitely think he's a viable option. He's just that slight tier below Connors and Homa for me. Yeah. And then since you mentioned President's Cup, I thought, I'd, you know, list, this is a really big week for the European Cup and European team. Hideki, Connors, Pendrith, and Cam Davis are all playing in this. Um, Homa, obviously, in the U.S., and then assistant captain Webb Simpson is in this. Um, so, Five or six guys that are going to watch playing next week are going to be in here, so that's something to look forward to. I 100% agree with everything you said. I think Corey Connors um, is going to be the guy to look out for, in my opinion, in this one. Like you said, Max Holm was the model of consistency. The Gala has just played 31 times last year. Um, I think that he needs to have that week where he's going to jump into the winner's column. Can't say it's going to be this week for me. And then Hideki, when he plays well, is pretty much a surefire top 15 but i haven't seen because last year at the sony open i said hideki matsuyama's winning i put the bet it won the bet but i don't have that same confidence with him right now as i do with other people yeah he just he just scares me with all with all the challenges he had last year i would rather be willing to be wrong on him knowing that he's the highest price yeah. than to than to guess and hope that he's the guy that comes out that we that we that's at the top of his game yeah 100 percent all right, let's get into it. We got the uh, the 9K range. We got another six guys. We got Emiliano Grio at 9,200 up to Maverick McNeely at 9,900. Take it away, Jack. Who you got? I know you like this range. Maverick McNeely. Okay. Seven of his last top 10 finishes came from the state of California. He loves playing here. He had a great, okay, outside of like Rocket Mortgage and the Travelers, he was a model for top 35 like the entire season like you said here's the year he's going to break through i cannot stress how much i love him this week um but obviously pendrith and davis are coming off career years and davis riley i mean long and accurate off the tee 16th and birdie average momentum builder in 2023 tom hoagie is either 120th or 12th there's either a zero on the end of there or not um and then grio everything i read he does not get enough credit because if you look at his finishes, 19, 31, 2, 98, 2. That's his finishes. So five top 35 finishes in his last six events. That's good model of consistency coming to the last one. So I don't think you can go wrong here. 
I, I think you can go wrong, but there's a lot of there's a, only a few places. Say less. You can. I'm I'm, I'm going to start off. I love Taylor Pendrip this week. He's an elite mm-hmm. ball striker. He has great distance off the tee. He was 36 here last year as a rookie. He's prepping for the Presidents Cup next week, like we mentioned earlier. I think he's on good form too, coming off a good second half of the season. Uh, one of the guys I don't love is Davis Riley. He's a little scary for me personally. He had that three month swing last season where he was elite, but, outside, but outside of that, he struggled and he had to take a month off just because he didn't know how to hit a golf ball at that point in time for a little while. Um, he had middling success when he came back just in terms of prices. If I'm picking somebody at 9,400, I want somebody that's going to be more consistent. Give me Cam Davis. Give me Taylor Pendrith. I mean, even give me Grio. I think Grio with the Fortnite, this is a great uh, course for him to have success in. Uh, and he's got good course history here. Uh, but I just like the other three guys over Davis Riley. And I agree, I agree. I think Tom Hoagie's a little too volatile. He's kind of in a similar boat. So there's either 12th or 120th. That's yeah, not he's a shot against him. But I mean, if you just take a look at his finishes 10, 48, 74. 134 109 145 i mean it's just like you said he had when he won the at&t at pebble his name was as high as you can get and then he met it for a couple weeks much like Nito Pereira did for a couple weeks and then it just tapered off so that's the only guy that i'm not fighting for this week but i, I agree davis riley's probably the only one that's like red light yellow light but yeah. i like him i think it's gonna be a bounce back week he he's risky and if he pays yeah. off for anybody that takes him then you look like a genius it's just a lot of volatility for the first week of the season well it looks like we'll be arguing if i'm a genius next week spoiler alert for lineups oh, oh, oh boy all right <laughs> You're, uh, uh well I'll, I'll i'll go davis rally against pendrith by the way if you want to go one v one on that one well i am all for pendrith hideki cam davis uh doing fantastic this week getting it out of their systems now so when we get to next week they're all no, built out that's fair all right well i again i think pendrip is gonna be really good this week <laughs> so all right um cam davis by the way is gonna is he's gonna be solid here i sorry i didn't really yeah. talk about it he's gonna be solid it's cam davis 9600 it's fall swing he's gonna be middle of the road in my opinion probably 25th rough. whoa that's market my- that's market. My rough, that's my rough estimate on on Cam. Market for review. Yeah. Uh, all right. We getting into the AK range now? Yeah, because I have guys I like here. All right. Well, talk to me. Who do we got? Well, let's just start off with Steele at eighty nine hundred, all the way down to Gary Woodland at eight. And again, this is on DraftKings. Um, Troy Merritt. Another not a not a name that you just throw out there, but here's where the golf nerd in me comes out. Super consistent in California. Always been, always will be. Top 15 in both strokes gained tee to green and strokes gained approach. Relatively inexpensive. 20 for 26 on cuts. Outside of the BMW, you had a stretch for about a month and a half. That he was playing fantastic golf, top 20, 25. I love him this week, getting right back in the swing. Then I have Taylor Montgomery, which is fear a corn fairy to our lover like myself. I love watching the development. Let me just read you his last four finishes. Nine, four, three, two. He's number one in scoring average for the Corn Ferry Tour and number two in total rankings. That's strokes gained T to green, approach, blah, blah, blah. Averaged all out. He's number two in Corn Ferry. There you go. Um, I, I do like 
Taylor Montgomery, he's a good choice. I did look at him. Uh, I'm going to say one guy I don't like so far in this range. Don't give me Denny McCarthy. He can't gain strokes off the tee, and that is an important metric this week When I met, that I mentioned to you earlier. Um, I feel like for whatever reason, he is getting a lot of notice. But again, it, since he cannot gain strokes off the tee, you need a plus 15 strokes putting just for him to have a chance at winning this week. And that does not even guarantee the win. So don't go to Denny. Either go up to Brennan Steele, who is the model of consistency at this course. He will not miss a cut here this week. He's eight for eight on making the cut at the Fortinet. He won back-to-back in 2016 and 2017. He's sixth on tour in strokes off the tee, or strokes gained off the tee. He's 43rd in approach, and he can't putt. But do you want to know who was second on tour last season in ball striking? That would be Brennan Steele. Do you know who he's behind? He's a pretty Z? good. He's a pretty good fucking golfer. Willie Z. Rory McIlroy. Oh well, there so, it is. So other than Rory McIlroy, Brennan Steele is the best ball striker on tour last season. The only knock on Brennan Steele is he can't putt for shit. But it, it's it's a it's a guess you have to take in a Fortnite championship. All right. Uh, again, I do like your Troy Merritt pick as well. I think he's very good at that range. Uh, the two guys I like, you mentioned that I actually like as well. They're both Corn Fairy Tour guys. Uh, Justin Sue. Yeah, Sue, number one amateur in the world. And Taylor Montgomery. They both consistently get top 15s. As Jack said, they got them all season on the Corn Fairy Tour. just won. What? Sue just won. Well, Sue just won, but all season they both were consistently in the top 15 on that, like almost every event. Yeah. Uh, just uh, Taylor Montgomery actually finished T11. Uh, at the farmers last year and he has played in majors so he has a little bit of course history he's not just a complete out of the blue rookie that doesn't know anything so i think i think that's what makes montgomery extremely interesting justin sue i think is a little more fresh but he's still also very good well uh, yeah he's the number one guy coming out if you if you've watched a minute of corn fairy tour this is the guy that's leading the pack he's the number one he is going to be exempt in a ton of events this year especially with his card obviously he'll be exempt but he's going to have to have a remarkable year because there's so much talent. So many guys from the corn Ferry tour that are fighting to get their card again from the PGA tour. So I'm looking out for him. I just don't know just yet if I'm hanging out with him. Yeah. I, he's kind of, he, he's Justin's a little more tough in my opinion, but I do like, I like Taylor a little bit more. Uh, the last guy I'll mention in this AK range, it's kind of a, a little bit more of a dart throw in my opinion, but he's great. If he hits, uh, Wyndham Clark has elite distance off the tee. Um, he is a good putter as well. His approach game is just not that strong. So he's a little bit more of a risk reward. If he can bomb the ball 340 yards down there, though, it doesn't really matter if it he doesn't hit the ball to two feet and instead hits it to 12 because he can still two putt for birdie. Um, so I think he's a little bit more of a sneaky play down here at 8K. Yeah, and then last guy, I think exactly at the AK price. I kind of like Gary Woodland this week. He is one of those sneaky guys that I think everybody counts him out. And then he goes to the U.S. Open, gets 10th. Then they're like, oh, we're high on him. He gets 30th, and then they count him out, and he comes back. You know, it's just one of those guys. And Gary Woodland, ball striker, really good consistent swing at 8,000, I think it's worth a shot. I like him this week. That's another guy that I go for. Is anybody talking about Gary Woodland? Survey says no. All right, so he's gonna do good this week. That's usually hey, how it goes hey, that. that's why you listen to the Turn Down Golf. Box. 
All right. Uh, that was pretty good grouping there on the AK range. Are we going to run into, Hey, do you have any thoughts on Trey Mullinex? I know he was kind of polarizing last year. I don't know if I love him this week. I think he's going to be kind of very, uh, very highly owned. When you yeah. say polarizing, what do you mean by that? Cause he like, finished fifth at the Jude and top 15 at St. Our uh, BMW. Yeah. Like I'm curious if people are going to be like, Oh, Trey Mullinex. He finished so well. Click. Like I, just I don't think so. And the reason okay. for that is, is because unless you're a golfer, you really care about it. You didn't see 25 of his shots at the BMW and you didn't see 30 of his shots at the FedEx. They were covering the other guys like Scotty, Rory, et cetera, which is technically the right thing to do. Um, but if you take a look at his finishes ever since like Barbasol where he won, I don't think he's had a finish outside top 40. Well, you, you you are talking to a lot of people that are currently betting the fall swing of of golf in twenty twenty two. So yeah, they might know Trey I'm not even, a little better. I know, but I'm not even betting. I'm like, I'm not it, either. But I I was curious because I looked at some of the some of the notes I was looking at. People were all over Trey Mullinex. I don't like him, and it doesn't sound like you're he's on your radar either. No, I all mean right. he'd, he'd probably do fine. He's probably gonna get top forty, but yeah, not all going right. for top forty. I'm going for dubs. Exactly seven k range. Yeah, let me just start it off because it's Christian Kirk, 7-9 to a deep range all the way down. I mean, you got to scroll pretty far for this one. And Charlie there's about, Hoffman. There's about eight names in 7,000. That you like or? No, there's just eight names at that range. So don't don't say them all. Oh, oh, oh. So let's just be honest here. Jason Day. Jason Day, much like Ricky Fowler, has to have a year where he comes out fighting this is a really good tournament to start off at. I just, I personally think it's winner, not winner, go home, but this is the year that he needs to bring it. He's not getting any younger. Ball striking at the end of the year was as good as it was. He's coming back. And I just think that the final tweaks were a couple weeks off, really going to catapult him being fresh. And then JJ Spawn, another one of those guys that he's from California. He was 11th in total birdies. Just another guy that I think is going to go gunslinging um, under the radar name that's going to come out firing. So, so Jason Day and, and Ricky Fowler scare me because they are what I would consider the the clickbait old heads of this grouping. Guys see their name and they want to live in 2016. And yes, like, we do. Bing, I'm going straight to Jason Day and Ricky Fowler. It's it's great, and they'll probably make the cut and do some meandering like forty fifth place, but that doesn't entice me at seventy nine hundred. I mean, Carl Carl Yuan is is way more boom bust. He's just coming on here from Corn Ferry Tour. Ches Reeve at six seventy six hundred. He's a lot more likely to pop off. Taylor Moore seventy six hundred. Kevin Streelman even or JJ Spawn. I think are all better options than Jason Day or Ricky Fowler. Those guys are just not peaking winning interest where some of the other guys I mentioned maybe aren't winning, but I mean, Taylor Moore could easily sneak out a top five, top 10 this week. And I don't think anybody yeah. would, would. And so will Ricky Fowler. He's uh, an amazing putter. I'm not, listen, listen. Okay. Let me rephrase the top five. Here's the thing with Ricky Fowler. Um, I, I favor him a little more than Jason Day here. Um, in this category is for his putting is really, really good. It's a steal at this price, seven K the majority of the time, I'm talking maybe eight or nine out of 10 times he's making the cut here. So for a guy at seven K with as good a putting, he always gets off to a fast start to make the cut guarantee with that fifth or sixth spot in your lineup at seven K is a steal. That's the reason 
I'm obviously not projecting him to win. It'd be 2016 idiot of me to say, oh, it's Ricky Fowler with the orange and orange mullet, you know, the whole thing to come out, but make the cut at 7K to steal. I So I'm going to I'm gonna start. Ches Revy, 7,600. Um, he's played this event since it was the fries.com open in 2014. Uh, his worst finish is T33, and he has four top 20s. He was top 20 last season on tour and strokes gained approach. He's, he's, he's great at 7,600. I I take him in this, in this range at any point in time. I do think Taylor Moore is interesting. He's a little bit more of a, of a tough case for me. He's kind of ebbing and flowing. Um, he, he missed the cut here last year, but he is really good off the tee. He played really bad last fall swing, but he played great at the end of the year last year. So he's kind of got a little bit of recency kicking in and I'm hoping it carries over. 100%. And the one thing I just want to point out about him is on FanDuel, he's 90, uh, if I remember, 9,600. Yes. Whereas here he's 7,600. So you're getting a discount on a guy that had a fantastic end of the year. Uh, I will say one more name in this range. I'm going to do Mark Hubbard. He's uh, this is a course that fits long hitters really well. He's not a long hitter, but he does have a great approach and he's got great course history here. He's got two top twenties in his last three years here. His other one wasn't miscut, um, but that does happen. And, and did I miss my other guy? I think I missed my other. Oh no, there he is 7,100. Give me Chris Goddard up kind of sneaky hidden under the, under the wire. Cause he only played in what 12 events last year. So he didn't fit yeah, medical exemption. Yeah. Medical exemptions didn't fit a lot of the metrics. Doesn't really fit into any of the molds either. If you look on PGA tour.com, he doesn't even have ranking percentages in terms of off the tee approach strokes gain because he's only played in so many events. He's very long off the tee. Um, he's only played 12 events. He's a great driver. He's got a great approach frame and he's got great T to green T to green. Therefore, he's probably going to make one of my lineups. He just fits. He just fits this really well, and especially at seven thousand. Gotcha. And the last thing I'll say is, um, Charlie Hoffman at seven K range will never uh, make my lineup. He signed my uh, flag as a kid and green sharpie, and I've hated him ever since. I can't tell you why. Love watching him play, but personal agenda, uh, he will not be making the lineup. There you go. All right, now we are going to. Uh... Dig down into the 6K range. Who do, you, who do you got? Who do you like, Jack? Okay, let's just start off right away. Hot hot take right here. Bo Hostler. Yeah. Every time he's at this super cheap range, he always comes out with like a top 25 finish. Then they elevate him to like 78 or $8,100, and then he makes, you know, 130th place. Tell me why. In a little Texas native like he is, is it going to come out at this really cheap price and put on a top 35 performance? I think it's one of the steals um, of this whole category. Then I'm going to jump all the way down to 6,500 to Augusto Nunez, Corn Ferry Tour graduate, um, ninth in driving for the Corn Ferry Tour, seventh in total ranking for the Corn Ferry Tour, second in ball striking for the Corn Ferry Tour, and number one in greens and regulation for the Corn Ferry Tour. Steal of the pick. Do I think he'll win? Probably not. But do I think he's going to make the cut at 6,500? Absolutely. There you go. Joe, we've named a couple of the Corn Ferry Tour graduates here. That is uh, 
that is just kind of how it works. Some of these guys will do well this week. Uh, that is usually how it works in the Fortnite. You will get one or two corn territory guys that. Yeah, this make... pattern will not continue for the next two months. What do you mean? Like picking two or three corn fairy tour guys or pulling out. Yeah. What happened at, at this event though? First event of the year. Yeah. They, they just came off of all playing well in the corn fairy tour championship. This is the time to really kind of, of, of hedge your bets on which corn fairy tour guy yeah. you want. Uh, one guy I forgot to mention that in the seven K range, sorry, I'm going back. Uh, Patrick Rogers is a, is a choice. He's got good strokes gained off the tee. He's a good putter. He's made his last five cuts here at Silverado, including a T six last year. And he's got three top twenties. Uh, 7,300, he's great choice. Uh, in the 6K range, I'm going to start off with a guy I feel like that is in the wrong price range, but I'll take it. Uh, CT Pan, uh, he was T6 here last year. Again, not a long hitter, but he's got great approach play. He's top 50 on tour. Uh, again, short off, short off the tee, but with a great approach and a great strokes game tee to green, I can look past it for a cheap price. Uh, the other guy I'll mention, I thought you were going to take him. I was a little worried. It's also 6,500. Give me Austin Smotherman. Uh, he's top 25 in strokes gained off the tee. He's top 30 in strokes gained approach. He made the cut in his lone appearance here last year. He was a fantasy darling in a few weeks last season where he really kind of snuck in and filled out the bottom of lineups perfectly. So I think he's a very viable choice to end your lineups right at 6,500. Can't agree more than that. I think there's, this is one of those categories that I don't think there's going to be a winner, but I think there'll be two or three of them that get top 25. Like it's going to be the sprinkle. So I think just about finding the right one. The only guy that I'll really mention more down here is Joel Damon. Obviously didn't have the year that he was looking for last year. Um, but 6,700, that's a guy that at least you can recognize has been there and done that and may have one of those weeks where he's sneaking out a top 40, but I'm not hoping for any more than that. So, so I actually looked because we have a couple of buddies that love to bet Joel Damon. Joel Damon actually does not play well here at all. For whatever reason, his metrics don't do not cross over to this. He has not made a cut here in the five years he's played and he just doesn't line up well with this course. I don't know why he's a fan favorite, but I would avoid him. I would choose Doug Gim just based on his name alone. I mean, who has a better nickname than the than the Gim Reaper? So that that alone is the a better goat, reason to pick Tiger him. Woods. Well, all right, yeah, but you're telling me to pick between Joel Dahman and a guy whose name is the Gim Reaper. I think I'll take Gim Reaper personally. Just just my own opinion. All right, Jack. Uh, let's get into uh, let's get into lineups. Do you want to start with DraftKings? Yeah, you know, I'm just going to go on a limb here. Maverick McNeely, California guy. Like I said, seven of his last top 10 finishes are California. Take it at 9,900. Then I'm taking the gamble on Davis Riley, 9,400. I'm taking it. I'll own it. Troy Merritt, 8,700. Taylor Montgomery, 8,500. Ricky Fowler at 7,000. And Augusto Nunez at 6,500. That's a lineup right there. As an analytic guy, you might disagree with me, I but hate, as a golfer. I hate some of that lineup, but I do like some of it. Troy Merritt's a good one. Taylor Montgomery's a good one. I think Mav's going to play well, but Ricky Fowler, woof. Um, all right, for DraftKings, I am starting with Corey Connors at 10-3 to top my lineup. Uh, after that, I'm going to go Taylor Pendrith at 9-8. Uh, I'm going to go Brennan Steele at 8-9. I'm going to go Ches Reavy at 7-6. 
I'm gonna go CT Pan at six nine, and I'm gonna go Austin Smotherman at six five. No comment. We didn't have a single crossover between the three yeah. lineups on that one. That is we, not yeah. usually the case. We can't talk trash about each other's lineups yet because you might turn into sports, but God, I might turn into the DFS guy this year. Who knows? Yeah, um, that's fair. But going into FanDuel, where the prices are different, so make sure you take a look at that. Maverick McNeely going again, um, 11,400 I reached. Um, man, I mean, well, Imanio Grio, some people run some Emmanuel Leo, whatever they pronounce it, it's Imanio, is 10,400 reaching for him. Taylor Moore, 96. Taylor Montgomery, 96. JJ Spawn, 95. And Troy Merritt, 95. I went middle, five guys, six guys right in the middle there. Like, I I cannot relate. I did, I did not do that. So I I wish you luck, Jack. Uh, I actually stayed with the same top three guys. So if that tells you how much I like this top grouping of three, that should mean a lot. Uh, for FanDuel, I started with Corey Connors at 11.8. I did Taylor Pendrith at 11,000. I did Brendan Steele at 10.7. I did Chris Goddard up at 9.2. I did Mark Hubbard at 8.9. And I did Patrick Rogers at 8.4. Uh, a little bit. Um, actually, we have. do we have any crossover? No. I, I just looked because I was curious. We don't have a single person crossed over. Wow. So one of us is going to probably do really well. One of us is going to do real tough. Oh, yeah. We'll big see. time. Oh, that's awesome. So as you guys know, going into we'll just go into bets right away. I do five bets a week. Liam does three. Um, up until we get to the Masters, where I'll probably bet every single player in history. Um, but with that being said, do you want to lead us off with your three picks to win? Yeah. I mean, my, my, my three bets are all going top 40. Uh, I'm going to do Kevin Streelman at top 40 at plus 150. I know we didn't really talk about him in the lineups, but he does have three top 25s here in his last four years. Uh, he's top 40 in strokes gained off the tee. He's top 50 in strokes gained tee to green. Uh, he's technically short off the tee, but he has the accuracy and he's going to hit every fairway. So really that's how he makes up for it on that end. So going to be Streelman top 40 plus 150. Give me Brendan Steele, top 40 at minus 110. And then give me Taylor Moore, top 40 at plus 110. I like it. And then I'll jump right into mine. Denny McCarthy, top four. Yeah, Denny McCarthy, top 40, minus 110. Like you talked about, doesn't have that snowball effect coming this year that some other guys do. I think he can sneak out a top 40 just on, you know, putting alone, which I'm hoping will just carry him. Davis Riley, top 40. Uh, minus 135. Again, I'm flipping the coin here. I'm taking heads. Let's just put it that way. Um, Troy Merritt, top 40, plus 100. Like it. Corey Connors, ball striker, top 20, plus 110. And Maverick McNeely, top 20, plus 125. Odds too good to pass down. Uh, you're you're going to laugh because you didn't notice. So Jack was the first one to put his bets into the uh, into the spreadsheet we both have here. And I actually went through and added my bets into my spreadsheet as well. So I did not have Taylor Moore initially. I actually had Troy Merritt at uh, top 40 plus 100. And then I saw Jack had had Troy in there. So I swapped over to Taylor Moore instead. To, That's what you guys heard. He, Troy he, Merritt. So squad ride. Yes. Yeah, so Troy Merritt was going to be a squad ride, but I switched over to Taylor Moore. So that way I, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the that same. Way you guys get eight bets a week. Yeah, so we got eight bets. So I was trying to sw- trying to switch it up and pick somebody different. So 
All right, Jack. We doing winners or wild picks? How are we going to start? Wild cards. You? First week we got to save winners to last. All right. Do you want to start or am I starting? Yeah. Let me just start this off. Go for it. Gary Woodland top twenty. Ooh. Plus two twenty five. Right. I know we don't really have a set number, but plus two twenty five for top twenty for Gary Woodland ball striker. I think that's pretty good odds. Um, again, these are not bets that we place a full unit on. Um, we kind of do sometimes I sprinkle all like I'll put like one tenth of a unit or something like that just for fun because every once in a while you you know broken clocks right twice a day. Yep. Um, and then Augusto Nunez top 40 is plus 220. Like I talked about, his numbers for Corn Ferry Tour were a model of consistency. You never know. Top 40, you could crack it. I this I is the week to do it. I don't hate those. Again, Augusto Nunez is one of those corn ferry graduates that that nobody really knows too much about. And that, those guys might give you the best odds betting this week, depending on, on where you want yeah, to go to. And that's exactly to. because half of the field is corn fairy guys. So if you're doing that model of consistency, you get top 20 on average. You just got to beat 19 other people from the tour. Better betters don't really know in terms of uh, what these guys can fully compute to on tour. So it makes it a little more volatile, which makes it a little more exciting. Nerds like me do. Oh yeah. Uh, for my wild picks, I'm going to start off JJ Spawn, top 20. There we go. 330. So he's plus 330. He's got a little bit of big odds. Jack mentioned him while we were going over DFS lineups. He's from California. He played really well to kind of end last season, I guess middle of the season too. Uh, but he did really well on that. He won John Deere, right? No, he did not win John he, Deere. He was top five at John Deere though. Uh, I can't remember that specifically. I know um, well there, but that's fine. I know Regardless. John Deere. Yeah, he was. Um, what did he win now? He won Valero, Texas, right? Oh, he won Valero. Okay. All right. Well, the point being is that JJ Spawn played well to uh, kind of finish up the season. So I'm hoping that carries over. Give me top 20 and plus 330. The other guy is extremely volatile. He's either finishing, you know, T15 or T500, depending on how he wants to feel that. It's weird. Way. It's not Tom Hogue. I'll give you that. No, it's Luke List. It's the next best thing. Um, Luke List is extremely all across the board, uh, but he is top 20 at plus 350. I think he's a, he's a great person to kind of throw into a wild pick because he has the chance to do really well or a chance to finish next to last behind Tom Hogue. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Jack, what do we got? What do we got for winners? Listen, Locke, it's Maverick McNeely. He is coming in to win. There's not a lot of articles that you're going to read that's Maverick McNeely's hot this year. Maverick McNeely's going to win this tournament. I, the resident golf expert of whatever you want to call it, am saying Maverick McNeely will win this tournament. And then as a backup, I went with a corn ferry option. It's Taylor Montgomery. I wanted to go Justin, but I think that him coming in as number one off a win, to be able to duplicate that, he's probably going to put a little extra pressure on himself. I think Montgomery's going to come in with that experience just take over who knows there you go uh for winners i did two guys that were relatively close to one another but not at the top of the board uh give me taylor pendrith and then my backup being brennan Steele. so both those guys brennan Steele does have the the win history here winning twice in a row and taylor pendrith is part of that grouping of sophomores that i'm hoping kind of takes the jump so yeah and if you're just joining us for the first time listening we do just a bunch of bets that we'll each put a full unit on. We'll track that wild card is something we're not betting a full unit on, but we still have interest in like, obviously we're not picking JJ spawn top five at plus, et cetera. It's something that we could see could hit 
at a higher plus. Um, so we're not officially betting that. And then winners, we do a guy that we actually have confidence in. And then some guy with like a lesser known name for lack of a better term that has a possibility that we believe will show out well. We did that because as opposed to picking the same five winners on the top of lineups every week, like a Rory, like a Homa, like a Tiger, like a JT, that way we can kind of switch it up and, and, and pick some different names. Again, making it more useful if you're doing maybe one and dones and things like that and you're looking for some tips. So, yeah. all right, that is the, uh, that's the podcast for the week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new, welcome. We are degenerates just like you. We love to do the golf and do all the betting that we can. So feel free to drop a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to this podcast. And as always, we will see you next Tuesday morning with more bets and hopefully we'll win a bunch of money this week. Good and luck. a President's Cup. Woo! And a President's Cup.